Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast. Trade deadline spectacular. Oh, wait, we're a little <laughs> bit ahead of that. Uh, I'm Jay Zawoski with Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. Uh, make sure you are smashing that like button on the YouTube page. Make sure you're subscribing to the podcast on your podcast app and all those great things. Got a big show today. We're going to talk Ice Hogs with Joey Z, but... We've got a little bit of news, nothing major, nothing earth-shattering, but the Hawks make a trio of transactions. Hey. You like that alliteration I like, there? I always I like just did that right off the top I of my head. I always like alliteration. Anytime you can throw the alliteration in there. Thank you. Much I appreciate is. your appreciation. Yeah. Hey, there you go. Appreciation of, of alliteration <laughs> is my favorite train album, by the way. <laughs> hey, how about that? We got a train there reference right away in the show. We missed you, Lawrence. I know. I miss you, too. Yeah. We like Steven, too, though. See, now you've upset Steven. Oh, no. See, he's at him. home and he's upset. Every producer is equally loved in our eyes. Except gonna, that one guy. Ooh. Yeah, oh, that <laughs> one guy. No, I'm kidding. All right, so the trades are, as you're waiting with bated breath, <gasps> the Blackhawks traded Nicholas Bodine to Montreal for forward Cameron Hillis. Then they traded forward Evan Barrett to the Flyers for defenseman Cooper Zeck. And then in a separate transaction, Riley McKay, who was trying to fight everybody, at the Tom Culver's Prospect Tournament, uh, traded to Montreal Laval for future considerations. Really looking forward to see F considerations in the Hawks jersey again. Mm-hmm. Uh, his Heritage Night will be coming soon, I'm sure. <laughs> he's like he's um, like Brendan Saad. We just can't get rid of him. No, you can't. He's he just back. keeps coming back. Uh, but you know, it's it's the Bodine one is is the biggest. I think that's for sure. It's a, a former first round pick made by he who shall not be named. And a guy who is really struggling to find his place here. So while we get into all these trades, coincidentally, <laughs> we had Joey Z booked for the show. So who better to talk about the Rockford Ice Hogs and the new Rockford Ice Hogs than Joey Z? Joey, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. No, it's great to catch up with you guys as always. Yeah, busy morning for sure among the uh, Blackhawks and Ice Hogs family. But uh, yeah, coincidence that they must have known that. I was coming to hang out with you guys here today. So we were, to we were just we were just happy that you didn't get traded before the show. So <laughs> oh wait 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 wait. wait. Hold on. We got, oh we boy. You better. Uh... Well, <laughs> Kevin Weeks in a bathroom. Your tires for the team bus are on its way <laughs> the other way. Do you so like Abbotsford, Joey? How do you feel about Abbotsford? Yeah. Oh man. Well, I mean, I I, I kind of made you know a couple references. Like I'll keep my phone on me. You never know if the team's looking to upgrade any way they can, whether it's a you know, halfway decent looking puck bag, or if it's a new, you know, skate, skate sharpener, like I'm, I'm on my way out the door. So we'll see. <laughs> well, like you've had an up for up close and personal look at, at Bodan for, for a number of years here and got a brief look at the Hawks two years ago and looked like, okay, maybe next year he comes into a full-time role and it just never happened for him. Uh, this to me has the feel of maybe a clean slate is needed for him. Uh, clearly he's got some talent. Will he ever be Nicholas Lidstrom or Brent Seabrook or Duncan Keith? No. But, you know, Montreal fans seem to think he's an NHL defenseman. What do you think? Well, you know what? You're exactly right. This is a fresh start for him, and and he'd be the first to admit that, too. And even on social media before this season started, when he posted pictures of, you know, headshot day, he even said, you know, it's a bounce-back year for him. And and he's been in the organization. This is his fourth year. Like, I mean, when when all things considered, the shortened season – a couple years ago, last year, this year, and even when he was a rookie, joining uh, joining on in. So for him, 
yeah, I, I think it's it's just how deep this defensive core is for the Blackhawks and for the Rockford Icehawks that it's a chance for him to to get that fresh start and to and to go back to his home province. I mean, he, he's a Quebec native, a chance to to be a part of the Montreal Canadiens. I can only imagine is is you know a, a childhood team for him, and you know right in his back door. So uh, you know, be closer to home, be closer to family, and, and be in that environment too is a big positive. But I know for Nicholas Bodain, even getting a chance to to chat with him very briefly the other day, and I, I kind of asked him about that post about why do you, why do you feel like it's a bounce back year? And he just he said with with the ups and downs of his season last year, and just trying to be a consistent defenseman, and and like you said, be that guy that people you know, want him to be, you know, first round selection uh, a couple of years ago that, that, you know, that they saw in him when he was first drafted and, and those rookie campaigns where he did get opportunities at the bit with the big club. So yeah, it, it's a, it's a fresh start for, for him and, and a chance to get some big minutes and, and with as deep as, as the Blackhawks depth chart has become in recent years, especially at the defensive position uh, it's a chance for him to, to get those minutes that, that he's looking for. It seems at least for the on ice product for the ice hogs that the Evan Barrett trade might sting a little bit more. He was, he's been a, a pretty big part. He's, he's been one of those guys that quick to stick up for a teammate can provide a little offense. But again, it's another one of those situations where it's just like high hopes for him, but it's been three, four years now and just hasn't been able to take that next step. So obviously, you know, a, a fresh start with the flyers organization, but, but what, do they lose? What do the Ice Hogs as a team lose in an Evan Barrett now that he's he's headed east? You know what? Evan was a guy that I mean, he'd give you the shirt off his back. He, like you mentioned, he'd stand up for his teammates. He was always quick to to get into scrums, but he played with grit to his game. That was his style all the way through. Whether it was battling in the corners, camping out on top of the crease, this is a guy that most of his goals. When you look at some of his highlights, that you know he he had to battle to get to those positions and get those opportunities. They weren't the finesse plays that you might want to see from from your your top guys. But for Evan Barrett, yeah, I think the Ice Hogs lose a little bit of that of that grit too. But also with what Coach Andre Sorensen's been saying, this is a team that's you know playing with pace and playing with speed versus an outworking hard nosed team that's been of years past. So with that mixture too, and you get a guy that that's a sandpaper style guy like an Evan Barrett. When you try and throw them into a mix that might be, you know, a little bit more speed, a little bit more finesse, a little bit more go um, to the game, he might be, you know, a, a part of a, of a of a mix that just, you know, that's not that's not where it's going to fit for him. But you're absolutely right, and it's kind of just like the the Bodine trade too, where it's a chance for him to have a fresh start too, to go to the Philadelphia Flyers organization. He's a Bristol, Pennsylvania native, so kind of like Nicholas, he gets to go back home and be back in his home state and be surrounded by his friends and family too um, is, is an opportunity. And, you know, like you said before, you know, where, where the organization and how the Ice Hawks played when Evan was a rookie, that was the shortened 2020, 2021 campaign, those 30 games to last year to now a lot's changed along the way, um, whether it's the style of play or just expectation levels or where, you know, people kind of fit in, in, in their roles. And for Evan, it's, it's a chance too with the Ice Hawks being as deep at the forward position, like they are this year um, for him to be able to go and make his mark back in his home state is, is probably a nice breath of, of fresh air for him and, and a chance to prove himself with the, the Flyers organization. I wanted to ask about, you know, regarding the, the Bodan trade and everything last year when the, at the end of the season, when the ice hogs were in the, in, in the postseason, uh, Bodan was getting scratched and, you know, getting scratched in the postseason is, is not a uh, uh, position. I think a lot of people expected him to be in. Um, and, and then you come into this season and they, Ice Hogs bring, they already have a lot of young defensemen that uh, in, in some people's minds had kind of leapfrogged him in the depth chart. They bring in a guy like Adam Clendenning on an AHL deal who's got a lot of experience. He's a veteran presence, can really help that team. 
develop, what has the defensive rotation been like with some of those guys, and how did that? How do you feel like that may have impacted Bodan's uh, playing time and opportunity with the with the club? Well, you, you kind of mentioned it right there. Like his playing time kind of dwindled down a little bit just because of of the guys that were being rotated into the mix. And when you look at the Ice Hogs and Blackhawks depth chart right now, with Boos currently playing on that blue line with. With, with Rockford. I mean, you got Louis Crevier, a young rookie defenseman, a young prospect looking to make his mark. Isaac Phillips, that guy that's looking to take that next step and become an NHLer. Alec Regula, now down with Rockford, which certainly uh, played a major factor. And then you got Alex Vlasic in the mix as well. I mean, so the list kind of, it keeps growing and growing and growing, and there's only so many spots. And that's where, you know, once Ian Mitchell gets healthy again, what does that play a role in terms of the decor? So, you know, unfortunately, they're all amazing guys. And Bodame was was incredibly nice, quick for a hello and, and a check-in to, to see how you're doing, your off-season, your family. I love talking with the guy over the last four years. He's been fantastic. But, you know, at the end of the day, unfortunately, there's only so many spots. And, and for him to, you know, be where he was at the tail of the last year and then at the start of this season with just as deep as it is, uh, I think, you know, being being an, having an opportunity to, to get that next opportunity if that uh, to join a new organization and it just so happens to be an organization that's in your home providence has to be you know incredible for him so i think yeah when, when you look at just the amount of, of prospects that the ice hogs had last year this year rookie you know guys coming out of college and juniors making that next step up and and becoming pros now it only uh, it only keeps adding and there's not a lot of subtracting at the moment so that's where uh, a guy like nicholas bodane was was looking for that next chance well, it's early in the season for both the Blackhawks and the Ice Hogs, and uh, the Ice Hogs entered the year with big expectations, looking to be a playoff team, and they start off one and three. And the Blackhawks are supposed to be one of the worst teams in hockey, and they start off four and two. It's kind of that weird start to the season. What's been happening uh, with the Ice Hogs uh, that leads to this one and three start, and who are some of the guys who are standing out on the positive and negative sides? I'll tell you what, you know, it was it was an interesting weekend getting up to Winnipeg for a couple weekends ago to start the season against the Manitoba Moose. And then the Ice Hogs just had their their home opener um, this past Saturday and Sunday, which was against Chicago and then uh, and then Manitoba again, ironically enough. So you see a lot of division opponents right off the get go. But the biggest thing that I'm hearing from the players and the coaching staff is, is getting everybody on the same page. There is a good core group of guys that have returned. And I think that's what's put the expectation level so high is that players that were you know, rookies two seasons ago in that shortened year or played, you know, a full season, their first full season last year, they're all battle tested and ready to go. And then you mix in some key veterans into the fold for this year. And you get some key weapons like a David Gus from the Chicago Wolves. You get Brett Steeney, who led, you know, the Toronto Marlies, the AHL organization last year. You get Luke Filt mixed into the fold too. Guys that can help complement, you know, your your scores, Dylan Secura, Lucas Reichel. I mean, we, we can really dive into the pieces that have been added, but biggest thing now is, is the coaching staff looking to clean up, you know, key areas and, and have everybody on the same page. We saw some interesting, you know, line combinations worked out. The players aren't concerned at all. I mean, it's still so early in the year and that's, that's kind of the biggest factor is, is not reading too much into it. And, and every day is a new day. And, and for them, even at practice today, the hooting and hollering and having lunch on the line and, and things like that, uh, keep things loose. And so I think for the Ice Hogs bunch, it's just, getting themselves to start walking and crawling before they can start running. And I think they're going to start running here pretty soon. Well, of course, Blackhawk fans, the first guy they want to know about when we talk about the Ice Hogs uh, is number 27, Lucas Reichel. He is picking up right where he left off last year, point per game, over a point per game at this point. He's got uh, six, six points in four games, two goals, four assists. 
Uh, one thing that kind of sticks out a little from the stat page this weekend, just two shots on goal over the weekend. He had one goal and two assists in the two games, but just one shot in each game. Is that something that the, the, the t- that you know Chicago-Manitoba game plan and took him out? Or is he kind of deferring a little much, needs to be more more aggressive out there? Well, I think there's no question that the the opposition took note of what Lucas Reichel can do, especially Manitoba in that second game, just because of the damage he did against the Moose up in Winnipeg to start the season. He had a goal and two assists in that first, all in one period, actually. One of three players to have three points in one period and en route to a comeback victory in overtime. So that definitely took note there. But with that, too, you could see a lot of attention around him. And this is a Lucas Reichel that was, you know, you could, you could see the progression he's made in his game, especially being stronger with the puck, uh, drawing, I think he drew, if I remember correctly, two, if maybe three slashing penalties just because that speed, able to move around guys and people trying to reach back with their sticks and get a piece of them before he goes blowing right by you. So he was able to draw penalties, too. But with that said, yeah, there has been extra attention to a playmaker that of, of Lucas's capabilities too, especially the line that he's been on with Luke Phil and David Gus. Dylan Secure is getting some time with him as well. So I mean, there's some scores all around him, and I think you know that that's helped uh, his hot start to the season too, as well as the development and progression that he's made in the off season. Um, and with that, I mean, I think that's. You know, he said right off the get-go at the very beginning of the season, like he wanted to make you know decisions difficult for for management. Of you wanted to get off to a great start, he wanted to prove that he could he could be that guy at this level and be the star uh, when called upon. And and he's he's done that so far. But you mentioned you know teams adjusting to him and 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 knowing that what he can bring to the table, especially after a stellar rookie year and six points in four games to start this year, not too shabby. So I think a lot more our teams are, are taking note. And I think with the Wolves coming back into town uh, this coming Friday to the BMO and then Belleville as well on Saturday, that'll definitely be, uh, I'm sure number 27 will be a part of their scouting reports for sure. I know uh, you're a goaltender yourself. Uh, I was wondering uh, what your read on guys like Dylan Wells and Jackson Stauber have been since uh, with injuries in, in, in Chicago. Arvid Soderblom was uh, brought up much earlier than I think anyone maybe expected him to be uh, this season. So the ISOG starter uh, is up in Chicago. What have uh, Stauber and, and Wells uh, shown you so far? Tell you what, with with the news that came, and this was right before the Ice Hawks home opener on Saturday too. It was really the night before, and I was I was listening to the broadcast too on on WGN, and and when I heard that you know Peter Morazic didn't come out for the second period or the third period, and Alex Stalock took over, I was like, uh, should I keep my phone on me? Like, let's let's see what's going on. And then sure enough, like you know, Dow here comes the daisy chain and and trickle down effect. But and that was right before the home opener too, in which I would you know I would imagine that Arvid Soderblom would have gotten that start. Um, against the Wolves that night, but but for Jackson Stauber, that was his first professional game that he would start. I know he played he played in the Tom Kerber's Prospect Showcase. He played in a preseason game against Iowa for a little bit, split time with Dylan Wells. But uh, for Jackson, I mean, that was his that was his first taste of of uh, of what the pro game has to offer for him. And he looked strong, like he he looked like he was tracking really well, and it was just a matter of adjusting. And then for Dylan, he's got AHL experience, um, and it was a chance for him to come in against uh, Manitoba the very next day and. And, and to kind of help out. And I think that's something the ice songs are going to have to lean on is, is those two guys. And for Jackson getting involved in the pro game and learning on the fly. And then for Dylan Wells tapping into his pro experience and what he's learned uh, primarily at the ECHL level, but coming up uh, and playing some games with Bakersfield. And then last year, he even got some time with the Chicago Wolves too um, during their, their uh, incredible season to, to win the Calder cup. So for these guys, it's, it's their net and that's, what's going to you know be like moving forward. And, 
And yeah, for, for Arvid, it's a great opportunity. I think this is something that he talked about at, you know, numerous times during the preseason and even that first media day that we had with him is that he felt more and more comfortable as the season rolled on along. The one preseason game he played for the Blackhawks against Detroit, earned the victory against the Red Wings, looked incredibly calm and collected compared to maybe the last time we saw him in a Blackhawks uniform, which was what, around New Year's when uh, he played against Nashville and Calgary. So you can see that those the, the physical preparation he's taking just because of the workload that he experienced last year, his first pro year in North America, as well as the mental workload that he was able to handle too. And, and the fact that he might be getting some opportunities here in the near future with the Blackhawks is exciting, especially, you know, down in ice hog land where you love seeing guys thrive, especially, you know, their history of goaltenders going up from Rockford to Chicago uh, throughout their history, really, especially in recent years. But um, yeah, but for Jackson Stauber, it's, you know, an opportunity for him after three years of college hockey to, to jump right into the mix and, and get going. And then for Dylan Wells to be that support system uh, when called upon. Last game for the Blackhawks. Uh, last night we saw Tyler Johnson go down uh, with a leg injury. No update as they had no practice today but we kind of had our minds racing on if they call somebody up, who might it be really seems like they're taking their time with Lucas Reichel and they're going to, they probably have a certain number of games in mind or something like that. So maybe we can cross him off the list of potential call-ups, but is there a forward that you could see um, maybe getting a call that, that might be off the radar a little bit uh, in the short term here for the Hawks? You know what? That's a really good question. Just because of what you just said there too, of, of wanting to take a bit more patient and approach with their prospects and guys that, uh, that, you don't want to rush them into a situation, whether it's just opportunity or if it's due to injury. Like you want them, you want them to thrive in the environments that they they are. So for a guy like Lucas Reichel, you know he's a, a top line guy, a first line guy at the American Hockey League. You don't want him going to the the National Hockey League and being you know limited minutes, limited time, maybe playing a more of a physical grinder role. Like that's you know apples and oranges. So I'm thinking of I'm trying to think of players off the top of my head right now that would be. Those key moments. I mean, a guy like, especially if like for a Tyler Johnson style role. And I was talking with Greg about this earlier. Like, who would who would bet, best fit that mold? And, and I mean, I, I think it can think of a few different players. I know Josiah Slavin had a, a pretty impressive camp, and it might be worth you know giving him an opportunity to, to step right in. He seemed very comfortable when he got his opportunities last year, and even in the preseason this year. Um, I know Mike Hardman's been chomping at the bit and working hard to get back into the fold too. So guys like that, but as far as, you know, matching that role on what you need, there might be, you know, some pivoting that have to happen along the way. But I mean, there, there's definitely a lot of offensive depth in the Ice Hogs organization. Dylan, Dylan Secura, you know, another opportunity too. I know he's uh, anxious to get a phone call at some point uh, down the line and, and become a Blackhawk again. So, uh, I mean, there, there's quite a few guys that, that want to do that. But at the same time, to your point, you know, you don't want to put them in a situation where, it might do more harm than good in terms of, of the roles that they're, that are asked of them, whether in the national hockey league and does that match where they are in the American hockey league. Yeah. And I think also with Reichel, they, they've said specifically once he's up, it's going to be it. He's going to be up. He's going to be a black Hawk and that's it, you know, save for whatever conditioning stints or rehabs or whatever. So it really feels like he's in a different boat than like you mentioned, Slavin or, or Secura where they're maybe a little more comfortable with the up and down with them. Reichel seems like, Kyle Davidson and company are like, we are not calling him up until he is ready, period. End of story. Um, but it is a top six forward that's out. And if you could plug somebody in with that Jonathan Taves line and Taylor Radish, Reichel might be a fit. So it's going to be interesting to see how that whole thing shakes out. But I think Slavin has been nothing but impressive since his debut last year. He looked not only like a NHL player, during camp but also had some leadership qualities to his game as well so if I'm 
picking somebody that's not Lucas Reichel, I'm hoping it's Josiah Slavin because I, I just love his game and I just love what he brings. And he, he seems just so versatile. He can play up and down the lineup that way. Well, and, and, and look at what the Blackhawks have done so far, especially on the penalty kill. I mean, I know you don't want to be shorthanded as often as you are, but in terms of, you know, putting the puck in the net and picking up points by shorthanded, yeah. Josiah Slavin is, is, has been a specialist at that with the Rockford Ice Hogs, led the team in shorthanded goals last year. He should, you know, with the chances he got in the preseason and this year, already he probably could have had two, maybe three great shorthanded chances too. So, I mean, he's a key penalty killer. He's, like you said, he's a guy that can fit in the role. He plays a leadership opportunity. He was the captain for the Blackhawks during the Tom Curvers uh, prospect showcase. So he's a guy that, that, you know, both on and off the ice can, can, can play those, those roles that you need him to. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I think, you know, every time I'm around him, that, that positive attitude and, and willingness to, to battle and, and go into the hard areas and, and compete and force turnovers, he can do that, but he can, he can certainly put up the points too and, and keep up with a lot of those guys also. If I were betting, man, I would think it would be Slavin. You put him in third or fourth line and you bump Philip Kershev up to that Taves line. We've been all yeah. saying that Philip yep. Kershev deserves top six minutes. Mm-hmm. You have an opening in the top six. I think he's the first to get that call. Well, don't forget, Reese Johnson is still Reece there, Johnson. too. Reese Johnson then could slide in and, yep. and move in the fourth line. And mm-hmm. I, mean, sli- I think Slavin would be really good on that Dickinson-Lafferty line, too. He would fit in good. So you've got options. I know Blackhawk fans want it to be Lucas Reichel. Lucas Reichel is obviously the best, most talented player of your options. But as Jay and, and Joey, you've said, I think he's on a set. They won't admit it, but I think he's on a set schedule here, and I don't want him to come up for two games just to send him back. Right. Let him keep putting up points mm-hmm. in the AHL. Um, but you're back at home this weekend, the BMO mm-hmm. Center. Lots of changes going on there uh, since a lot of our fans have been out there. So if they didn't make it out to opening weekend and we got Blackhawk fans going to make the trip out west for some home games this year, what are some of the new exciting features uh, at the home rink they're going to be able to see? Well, he said one of them, and that was the new name of the building from BMO Harris Bank Center to BMO Center that was announced the Thursday before the opening weekend and, and a new partnership with, with BMO. Um, that was that was thrilling. And then with that, the showcasing of, of a brand new scoreboard, Jumbotron over Center Ice, that was impressive to see, especially when it was turned on going into Friday and, and Saturday's game. The LED ribbon board around the sides and above the stairwells has been a lot of fun to look at and uh, and see how it interacts with the game itself. And, and even a lot things on the concourse, like not so, so much in the arena, but concourse, the Oink Outfitters team store expanded tremendously. And, and it feels like a full blown hub of all things, Rockford Ice Hawks and Chicago Blackhawks for all, you know, you're gearing up for, for the season too. So you get, you know, renovations there, renovations to the bathrooms, the suite level looks fantastic. The club boxes club lounge down behind one of the goals also. And then, I mean, you have an all new lighting system too. the BMO just feels brighter and it feels like you get a little bit more energy in the building and even like some of the more subtle changes too, where there, you know, there used to be banners over the, uh, the windows now replaced with electric curtains. So when the day is nice out and there's no sunshine blinding anybody coming in or reflecting off the ice, you can have the curtains up and you get some nice sunlight, natural light coming into the building too, to, to liven up the place. So, I mean, there's a lot of big things, a lot of little things. And, and I, I can guarantee you after, you know, every turn you make, every corner you go or every, you know, straight away on the concourse, you see, there's always going to be something new. And this is just, you know, phase two, there's going to be a whole nother, you know, wave of, of, of renovations and enhancements coming next summer too. So it's, it's an ongoing process. And, and for the ice Sox to see that all come to be, especially for the fans to see that first experience when you come into the building, you see the ice for the first time and you see the scoreboard for the first time, and you hear the music for the first time. It was, 
pretty all-encompassing. So uh, it's exciting to see that come back around for this weekend on Friday and Saturday against the Wolves and then against Belleville coming to town, which the Ice Sox haven't seen them in a couple of years. And to have a nice little seven-game homestand too, it's kind of a nice center stage to, to showcase all this also. It's not a couple of, of uh, games here and there, but to have all this time at home uh, certainly helps uh, making it a little bit of a, of a lively atmosphere. See, the, the BMO Center is a great building for a hockey game. Not a bad seat in the whole joint, so it's nice to see it uh, get a little flip uh, facelift and uh, some more modern amenities. What do you, uh, wh- what sense do you get from the ISOGs fans uh, as the season has started and all, as all these changes have been made, these updates, these renovations, everything? Um, what sense do you get from ISOGs fans that they're getting more of the the investment from the Blackhawks as the parent club of the of the Ice Hogs, what has that meant to to fans, and how have they responded to that? You know, this investment in the facilities and 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 kind of really giving the Ice Hogs the proper attention as a minor league affiliate, as a development center, and not just a hub for all the players that just didn't make the NHL roster. I mean, it's it's especially when you see just the upgrades that are forward facing to the fans and, you know, the scoreboard being one of them, even the, the season prior when you had, you know, a new ice surface placed in and then the concrete placed in because it not only just benefits the ice hogs, it benefits the building in the city. So the next concert you go there, go there, Disney on ice or monster trucks or whatever you have coming through. I mean, it, it supports community at large, not just the, the Rockford Ice Sox. And I think for the fan base in the Rockford community, I think they, they really saw that firsthand because of, of you could physically be a part of it and witness it. And it's, you know, a tangible object that you can that you can process with your own senses uh, this past weekend. And it'll continue to grow throughout the throughout the years, too. And then especially with more and more happening and more renovations coming that every time they come to the BMO, they'll see more progression being made. And I think the team did a great job of, of doing that over the summer, just, you know, step, not step by step, but just updates throughout the summer of what's going on at the BMO. If you drove downtown, you saw a lot of cranes, construction workers floating around the building, uh, working on the outside of it, the inside of it. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of steps being made to improve that facility and, and, uh, and then on, you know, behind the scenes with locker room renovations, referee room renovations, medical room renovations, um, it, it was a big step forward for for the players, for the coaching staff, for for everybody on the support staff too, to to get that firsthand uh, look of the investment and, and and knowing that this has the full support of, of the city, the state, and the Words family and the Chicago Blackhawks uh, is is very reassuring and exciting. Awesome. Joey, we appreciate your time, man. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I'm going to read your bio here. We only have a half hour left in the show. Uh, broadcaster, PR, digital media. You basically do everything for the Ice Hogs. So, see, if you've ever uh, been to an Ice Hogs game day, like an hour before puck drop, this man does everything. Like makes the nachos. He's, he's a yep. He's an entire PR staff wrapped up in one guy. I try, but I want you guys. I mean, but we're so fortunate, and I personally feel fortunate when you know Greg's been out numerous times, Marlon's been out numerous times. Jay, we got to get you out and come hang out with us too, just I'll because. Come. We want you to have it. We want you to have a great experience too, right? Like if you're covering the team and wanting to to be a part of that atmosphere, I know me personally want. I want you to have a great time, and you know, just like I want to have a fun broadcast and and uh, and so forth. But no, it's uh, yeah. The opening weekend's always crazy because you're trying to pull. I mean, some of the production teams and I, we were trying to run microphone cables and, and everything. I probably shouldn't have worn a suit and tie as early as I did that day because it definitely did not uh, stay very clean. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> climbing, climbing around the, uh, the catwalk and the crawl spaces, but, uh, no, it's, it's awesome. And I, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on and look forward to catching up with you more and more throughout the, uh, throughout the season. All right, Joey, awesome. we'll catch up soon, man. Thank you so much. Absolutely guys. Have a great day. Thanks, All right. Joey. Follow Joey Z on Twitter at Joey Z radio, Joey Zakshevsky. There yeah. I did it. There you go. I did it without pressure. Took I mean. you a couple months, but you yeah, got it. Yeah, to wait till you, you didn't see his face. To He's there. <laughs> he, I can see him. I, I just, you know, as a as a Polish person myself, I've had my name butchered many times, and it's and I still feel bad about butchering it the first time. So now it's in my head. Hey, so, got yeah. some breaking news. Oh, that is not Blackhawks related. Oh, uh, I don't know if I'm crossing crossing company lines here, but oh. uh, the Eagles. Have acquired Bears defensive end Robert Quinn. Oh, hey, all right. What? Uh, yes. What did they get any picks for it at all? I don't know. Oh my gosh. I. This is from uh, Adam Schefter. Is it actually Schefter or I is it a bot? I, I think I've heard of here. him. I don't know. Yeah. Where's anyways? Where's that's. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Is that a reliable source? I've never heard of that. I don't guy. know. <laughs> Compared to hockey terms. Is oh, it, it's Bobby it? Margarita. Oh, okay. Yes. That's yeah. That's. That's big. That's right. Hey, there's there you go. There's, there's, should have done it in the offseason. By the way, there's Bears. Can we just say Robert Quinn looks like an 80s football player? He still wears the old school helmet. He looks a lot like Richard Dent. They have old like a similar, helmet. like facially, they look alike. He's he, got that old school. He's got an old school look, look to him, not doesn't he? Huge. Right. But he's fast. Yeah. And yeah. No, good. Yeah. Like, I just appreciate that he has. Interesting. Every single time you see him, no matter if it's January or July. He's always got the beanie on, like the winter beanie. And he wears the... I love it. And the long sleeves. That, but it's not the Under Armour. It's like he just found like a long sleeve t-shirt yeah. in his closet and put it on. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> so by the end of the game, it's like it's like the kids at the fifth grade football practice. Like, well, oh, it's cold out. I got to wear long sleeves. You know, shout out to him. He uh, set the Bears sack, single season sack record last season. Sack machine. He's been terrible this year. And if they got a fourth round pick for him. It is a fourth round pick. Is it a fourth round yeah, pick? Fourth That's round pick, according Nick to Parks uh, in the. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I wonder I'll if take they, they got to retain any salary. I know that was. Uh, is that a yeah, thing? Yeah, eighteen point two in the cap. Right. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't. They don't. Uh, NFL doesn't have a hard cap. So what do they care? I don't know. This is a hockey. Well, isn't that nice? Isn't that nice to not have to worry about money? Sorry, I, I'm so used to if a Chicago player is being traded. <laughs> Did you, are they keeping any of his salary? Yeah. Well, hey. I, I, I like what Nick, Nick says here. You know what else yeah. is uh, you know what else is good and satisfying? Meat. Green Ridge Farm, those meat yeah. sticks. Free I meat miss sticks. them. Oh my god, I've, I've missed waiting to hear you say this ad. I I miss. I had. I got some last week at uh, at the Pete's, and they're gone. <laughs> and I I miss them, and I want to go visit them and bring them home again. And I'm going to do that. Green Ridge Farm is a Chicago local meat and cheese company. They offer you a better all natural meat option. The deli meat is fantastic. My wife is not a deli meat fan. I got her the Green Ridge Farm uh, oven roasted chicken, and she freaking loves it. Mario's laughing. Can I say my wife's not a deli meat fan? No, no, Are you no, making no, an innuendo no. out of that? No, you said you said I can't, I can't wait to go back and visit them and put them in my cart or whatever, and I was just envisioning Jay going to the supermarket and just talking with the meat oh, and just I do be that. like, oh, yeah. just checking no, in, seeing how you're doing. I look at the meat selections and say, who wants to come home with me today? <laughs> who wants to serve <laughs> their purpose? <laughs> yeah, who wants to just talk to me? Just visiting you guys. Who wants to visit? Who wants to be my <laughs> friend forever? Just out in the meat section. <laughs> Would it surprise you? Of course, that's what <laughs> I do. Doesn't buy anything; just goes and talks to the meat. Oh no, I buy stuff.
stuff. But you gotta you gotta get the vibe. You gotta get the meat vibes, yeah, right? Absolutely. You, sometimes it's the we meat get sticks. The meat vibes and the, and the meat vibes always lead to the meat sweats. The meat sweats, yeah, and then true. later other and then, things. And then the, so and anyway, and then the Green Ridge nap, Farm, it's awesome. The deli meat, the sausages, uh, the meat sticks, which we've been discussing, they're wonderful. Uh, perfect for tailgating. Cut some of them up for my daughter's lunches. She absolutely loves them. They're all natural. Hardwood smoke for eight hours. 16 grams of protein per stick. It's a perfect post-workout snack, I'm told. They come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and the spicy chili. That spicy chili is my favorite. Uh, if you haven't tried them, you don't know what you're missing. And here's your chance to try them. At, go to GreenRidgeFarm.com. Add any three meat products to your cart. Then add the meat sticks. Use the code CHGO, and those meat sticks will be free. Absolutely delicious. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. See, you made a fatal mistake, though. You got your daughter hooked on the meat sticks, which means the their life expectancy yeah. is a lot shorter yeah. now at the Zawaski household. Shorter timeline. I'll just have to buy more and stash them. Uh, I'll have to go. put them somewhere. I'll keep put them by the cleaning supplies because she doesn't seem to know where those are. <laughs> put them in your, keep them in your car. <laughs> I have like a little mini fridge I was gonna say, that holds maybe four cans of soda. A second fridge would be a good I'll, uh, I'll put them in investment. the basement. It's my meat fridge. Keep them in your car. It's an air fa- freshener slash I don't, snack. Yeah, I don't know oh if we're there. God. We're not in car fridge weather yet, but we're getting <laughs> we're there. We're getting there. We're getting Close. there. Speaking of things that can help you out, besides your craving for meat, if you're craving awesome tickets, you need to check out our friends mm. at Game Time Tickets. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sporting events, concerts, and shows. Hey, have you ever dreamed of sitting in that perfect seat that but you never thought you could? Yes. Center ice at the United Center. Maybe you like the club level. You like to be a little higher up in that 200 level. Well... Now it's possible with game time. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy, and you won't find a better deal on Chicago Blackhawk tickets this season. You got tickets for tomorrow night's game against the Edmonton Oilers for under 20 bucks. Yep. To see Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, uh, you know, the, the, the team that employed— And the rest. And those other guys. <laughs> and company. And the, well, and the team that employs Duncan Keith. Yeah. So uh, you can go uh, see them for a really good deal. It's just check them out. While you're on the YouTube watching, scroll down. First, stop at that thumbs up and hit it. Smash it. Kick it. Whatever you got to do. We had over 100 likes last night yes, for we our did. pregame Ew. show. That was awesome. So let's get, let's get some awesome, more yeah. likes going. But right under the that big thumb, you're going to see the link to game time. So when you're in the mood for Blackhawks tickets, hey, you want to buy Bears tickets to go to that Dolphins game, check out our tailgate and then go to the game. You can get them there as well. So if you love CHGO, then you'll love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the links in our podcast descriptions on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. You will see that link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have used Game Time and score the best seats for all your favorite events. And if you find tickets cheaper on a different site, let them know. They'll match it for you. No questions asked. They're the best, they're the best ticketing site out there for the fans, by the fans. Game Time. It's really great. Just looking ahead, tomorrow night you mentioned Oilers under twenty bucks, Islanders on the first of November eleven dollars gets you in the building to see the Hawks and the Islanders. Go see Ziggy Pelfi and Mike Pekka. Could yeah. be all the Islanders. And Derek King could be trying to extend their winning streak to eight games. That's for that exactly oh right. Gosh. We're talking a minimum start, eight. Pete. Start printing those playoff tickets. Well, let's get into the um, the Tyler Johnson scenario here. Um, the little bit of a bummer about no practice today is we have to wait another day to find out. I 
don't think they're calling anybody up. If you remember, as soon as Mrazek went down, they had a transaction that night. They yeah. called somebody up right away. I just think Reese Johnson's coming in. Everybody's bumping up a line. It's probably the right thing to do at this point. Yeah. Um, as much as I am chomping at the bit to see Lucas Reichel and to a lesser extent Josiah Slavin, it's really easy for them to not screw with things down in Rockford. Bump up uh, Reese Johnson. He need, he needed to play anyway. Luke Richardson has said as much. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the obvious move. Yeah, I, I feel like if they if if the prognosis on Tyler Johnson's injury isn't uh, too serious. Um, the short-term easiest move is just you slot Reese Johnson into the lineup. Um, and like you said, you move Kershev up to the second line. Yeah. I have no problems with yeah. that. Uh, that's, that's completely fine. Um, if, you, if you saw earlier this morning, the Blackhawks uh, tweeted out the video of the championship belt uh, being handed from Johnson to Staylock. Remember last night I said it was probably Staylock? That was a good guess. Look at you. Um, but you saw Johnson. He was in the locker room with the team after the win, limping the belt over to Staylock. I can't believe Staylock just sat there and waited for him to come over there. But Yeah, I know. Um, the one time he's not aggressive to come out of yeah, his right. the entire <laughs> night. He's exhausted from moving over the yeah. place. My um, favorite comment last night is one day Greg said he's going to get a penalty from sliding out of the crease and out of the trapezoid at some point. <laughs> he almost year. did it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he was like this close. He's going to do it. Yeah. Um, but for Johnson to – to be in the locker room, yeah. be there with the team makes me think that it's probably nothing too serious because if it was, he might have been in the medical area, right. you know, getting treatment or getting examined by doctors or whatever. Um, so hopefully that's a sign that maybe this is a short term minor thing and he'll only miss a handful of games at that and and the fact that they're home so often they only have one road game in the next week or so and that's saturday in buffalo and they come right back home so that that could be a a good thing too and plus you also gotta remember uh boris kachuk is skating in non-contact so he's probably another week or so away they haven't been cleared yet for game time but Mm -hmm. he's another guy again reese johnson boris kachuk aren't guys that are gonna like make up for the offensive production but you give Philip Kurchev that chance in a top six line, nice. which everybody's clamoring for, and he deserves it. So put him up there with Taves and Radish, and then you can put Reese Johnson maybe fourth line, maybe put McKenzie Entwistle with uh, Lafferty and Dickinson. That could be a kind of good. I wouldn't mind that. Yeah, I mean, those are three guys. They could all take, they could all take draws. They could mm-hmm. all move around. Versatile line, high energy. They play similar styles. Yeah, Entwistle's yeah. been really good on that fourth line. That fourth line's been great, too. The bottom six. Yeah, with Kara and Blackwall. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the, the mm-hmm. bottom six for these first six games, anybody outside of Chicago will look at the names and will be like Major League. Who the hell are yeah, these guys? right. But for what they lack in superstar ability, they make up for <laughs> in, in effort yeah. and just – just they play the balls off every night yeah. working, working every shift hard. not a shift off by those six guys yeah. and it's it's paying dividends i went back and, and and listened to the full podcast from last night because i was at the game i missed you know i missed the, the first half of the discussion um but I, I i really did uh like what you guys said at the beginning and and agreed with it is early but this team has an identity mm-hmm. and it they adapted to it very quickly. We might not have seen it against Colorado, but the second game of the year against Vegas, a one nothing loss, and how Vegas. and how it's yeah. translated over the ne- over the over the next four games, and especially in the wins, this team is has an identity, and it aligns perfectly with what Kyle Davidson wants the team to be and what mm-hmm. Luke Richardson wants it to be. And 
I don't think a lot of people, including probably the three of us, expected that to happen instantly. I thought it was wow. I thought it was going to be a season long progression of hey, they're getting it small steps. Now we're seeing it, but it's like right away. It's like oh, this is exactly how these guys are supposed to play and how they are they are meant to play. And I heard your uh, assessment last night too um, about where this team is, where Luke Richardson has gotten this team already, and how simple the game can be. And it's just, it's just so refreshing to know that what Davidson is doing, people say, oh, there's no direction, there's no plan, he's just, you know, this guy 2.0. No. no, it couldn't be more different. He yeah. has exact he has opposite. a blueprint. He is sticking to it, and early returns, it works. Well, look, we have discussed a lot in the off season, and since Kyle Davidson took over, even as an interim, that he's trying to build a certain kind of team in a certain sort of style with the Lafferty types, the Radishes, the Kachuks, North and South guys, guys that finish checks, guys that play hard. But it it's not just that. It's also when you bring in players to play that way. You're also bringing in guys that are coachable, that are typically good teammates. You, when you see guys battling every shift, they're not just battling for themselves or for their own glory. They're battling for their teammates. Yeah. So if you got a guy who's going to sell out in a corner and, and go make a play for you, I see Chris is saying here in the chat, there's no passengers. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing where if maybe it's last year's roster, you try to implement the system and some guys are like, eh, I don't know, I'm a little... I don't really know. It's not really my thing. I'm not going to go in that corner. We're not a very good team right now. No, you don't have anyone on this roster that plays that way, except occasionally Patrick Kane. But you're even seeing him from game one to game six now finishing checks, going into corners. It's contagious. And there's also that peer pressure of you don't want to be the one guy not doing it, mm -hmm. right? If mm -hmm. We've said this forever about Jonathan Taves. If Jonathan Taves... If Steve Eiserman, if Mark Messier, if Joe Sackick can be the hardest working guy in the team, there's no reason forward 12 or 13 can't do the same thing. Mm -hmm. It is contagious, and it's not just about bringing guys that are going to check you and punch you in the face. It's about guys that are going to compete for themselves, for each other, for the team, and that's what we've seen from this team through six games, and I don't have really any indication that it's going to go away anytime soon. Right. Well, And part of the reason it's working is because the veterans are doing it too. They're yeah, setting right. the examples. A guy like Tyler Johnson last year, had he, he could have said after last year having the neck injury then the concussions, he could have said, you know what, I'm done. But he, he worked his ass off to get back. And then this year he was showing – a lot of people have written him off for a long time. Oh, yeah. But he's showing what he can do on this team, and that's why hopefully that injury is not yeah. too serious. But he's doing it. Jonathan Taves, we said last night, we can put the narrative to bed that he doesn't care. He cares, yeah, and I, it shows. I would he agree. beat out two icings last night. One of them was to score the empty netter goal. He had that great play on that early power play in the, I think it was the second period, where he hustled to keep the puck in the zone. He's showing that he is, like a lot of people just say, you know, oh, Taves doesn't care. He's phoning it in. That's not the case. Not, not well, through six games. And I think sort of what we discussed last night about the frustration of had last year's coach only been a normal replacement level NHL coach, the season could have could have been different. You're seeing a different a different Jonathan Taze because things are normal again. 
and as crazy as we thought last year's system was and team was and coach was, think about the players and think about Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane and those guys who were there and played for Joel Quenville and won Stanley Cups and they got this clown bag talking to them about playing <laughs> man-to-man and chasing people over the zone. They're like, what are we doing? Yeah. So it's easy to see why 60, 70, 80 games into the season – Jonathan Taves is a crab ass because he wants to win and he's competitive and the system is working against his his ability to do so. Yeah. So I think now looking back on it, you can maybe excuse a little bit because Jonathan Taves was probably looking around and saying, there's Tyler Johnson who's won two Stanley Cups. There's Sam Lafferty who's working his ass off. There's Seth Jones. There's no reason this team should suck like it sucks. And the it's obvious why we do and no one's doing anything about it. And yeah, Jeremy Count was fired. But Derek King comes in mid-flight and can only do so much. You can't just completely change a team, right? You know, mid-season. It doesn't work that way. But he started making better combinations, and the team played a little better. But it was way too little, too late, and the frustration had set in. And now I think you're seeing a lot of the guys who have been here before refreshed, and the young guys who are here. Even like I think Kurashev is such a great idea. That uh, example. That's a guy who had no place last year. Mm. In and out, up and down, top six, bottom six, scratched. It was like the shuffle for him. Now he has solidified his spot on the third line, potentially the second line here in a little bit, and he is thriving. And all these guys are thriving in the roles because they are playing their correct roles or being put in positions to succeed, and that's all players want. And, and yes, it's six games into the season. So yeah, of it course. Is, it is early, sure, but... This, this wasn't the expectation. This wasn't the expectation to see these guys have this kind of success. And I, I, I think a lot of it, and, and I, you know, talking with, with Jonathan Taze before yesterday's game about Luke Richardson and, and the difference that, that, that he has made, he, he pointed out a number of things. One, the simplicity of, Dave, of, of uh, Luke Richardson's messaging. It's simple messages. It's easy to understand. The, the the structure that he's implementing it's based it's it's simple and it allows the players to play off instinct which is what got them to the NHL and in the locker room he gives the players the space to have the locker room kind of be the players space and what Taze said was you know he allows us to be adults in the locker room be able to you know just be themselves, be, be men in the NHL, as much as that doesn't have a good connotation right now, but to be men in the NHL and in that environment. And it may or may not have been against what was the, the case was. with Colleton. He, w- he wouldn't say, he would not say, sorry to interrupt you. Oh, he would not say that if he was not comparing it to what had been before. Right, and, and I asked him the question. I was like, how is that different than previous coaches? And the only two coaches that Taze has had, or three is Dennis Savard for a, you know, a little bit, Joel Quenville and Jeremy Colleton. And so we know that Quenville was a good coach mm-hmm. uh, for every, everything that he did as a coach. Um, it was just clear that mm-hmm. Colleton wasn't working. And, and I think for, for Taze without saying it, he, he knew that this was never, it was clear, this was never going to work with, with, with him 
and and with the the other veterans on the team that that Colleton had in his time, it was never going to work. So for Richardson to come in and be fresh, fresh to the team, and fresh to being a head coach, and to be able to come in and and know what buttons to push to get what players to do what he what he wants, what the blueprint is to be successful, that goes so far. So I I think this is this is a very good sign early on in the season that guys like Taze and Kane can respond to this that then feeds to the rest of the team and when you can get that buy-in and that environment and that culture within the team within the locker room that bleeds over to the organization that bleeds down to Rockford and that's exactly the plan that Kyle Davidson wants and Luke Richardson was brought in to 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 do just that and not only help navigate the rebuild, but also potentially, and signs look good, potentially be the guy for when the team's con- competitive again. That's exactly what Davidson wanted. And and Taves is not the only guy to mention how different it is. Pretty much every veteran yeah. that I've talked to. That's Everyone talked who to was me, there last, last year. Tyler Johnson, Johnson, sure. Tyler, yep. Tyler Johnson said earlier this week said the room is just, it's much more fun to be here. Mm-hmm. Than it was last year. Connor Murphy has said it in, during training camp, saying like, "Hey, this is a different vibe in here now." So without saying, "Hey, yeah, the last guy was a clown mm-hmm. or clown bag," per Jason Wasky, yeah. um, they're not throwing him by name under the bus, but that you know exactly what they mean. Right? Like they're a professional hockey team again. They have a little bit more respectability now. Yep. Listen, nobody at this point, nobody wants to come and play this team. Because they're gonna, you may you may get a win, but they are going to wear your ass out for yeah. sixty minutes. Those pa- the Panthers, you could tell by the third period, some of those guys were just like, "I've had enough of this." Well, and, and they were, the Hawks scored what like two minutes into the game last night. Yeah, they had him under Sam Lafferty had a breakaway to start the game. The yeah. Hawks it was were the first chance. boom yeah. from puck drop. Yeah, it was the best. The Hawks start were all, the Panthers the were like, start they had. "Holy shit!" Yeah, <laughs> like what's going on? So we'll see what happens as. More of the book comes out. It's still early. There's going to be more yeah. teams. You're not. They're not going to be able to surprise a lot of teams going forward. Uh, as I think it's Ryan says in the uh, chat, the analytics. If you're one of, if you're looking at the analytic numbers, this t- these types of wins aren't sustainable. No, no, it's not. But they're fun while they're happening. It's good to you, see. <laughs> it's it's f- like I know people are are already saying the tank isn't working. We're less than ten percent of the way through. This I'm day. saying it. I don't. I don't like these four in a row. I mean, yeah. Let these guys have. You're sprinting some, out of the gate, but yeah, yeah. Let some. Let these guys have some success. Let their hard work pay off. There's nothing wrong with this team feeling good about itself. Th- those eighteen guys, twenty guys in the locker room, don't give a rat's ass about Connor Bedard or where they're going to pay. No. They're they're being paid every fifteen days. To win hockey games, mm-hmm. and that's what they're going to do. Are they going to win? Are they a playoff team? No, no. Uh, the, so it's the tank will be fine. Mm-hmm. They're going to still have a really high draft pick. Crazy things will happen. Like just let enjoy it, enjoy it. Because if they were zero and six right now, everybody would be miserable. Oh, but at least the God. tank was working. Yeah, right. So just let's enjoy watching a team that. Functions like a professional hockey team. It's mm-hmm. fun. We haven't had that in a while. The other thing to remember too is, as as you said about Kyle Davidson having a plan and sticking to it, 
if he who shall not be named was still here and the Hawks are four and two, he would take the plan of rebuild, tear up, like, we're good now. It and start it's all fixed. Call, yeah. Look be, at me. Be, I knew what I was doing. He'd be calling St. Louis to see if he could get Brendan Saad back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Kyle Davidson is going to, regardless of record, is going to maintain focus on the ultimate goal so, of acquiring draft capital, loading up for this draft in the 2024 and the 2025 draft and prospects, mm -hmm. and having this team be competitive, not just this year, maybe not just, oh, we should try to get make a trade so they can sneak into the playoffs. No, that's not going to serve the team well at all. Right. You, you need to stay focused, and I'm confident that Kyle Davidson will do so, and I still think Domi and Athanasiu and Kane and Taves, if they want to go, and whoever else you want to rattle off could all be gone at the deadline. Yeah, so don't be upset when Kyle Davidson starts trading these guys. And when he sticks to the plan. Right, so, like, say January comes around and this team is still kind of... not the person. Right. Uh, the... Um, why do we gotta wow, go that's a throwback. Throwback. Why do we got to go there? Um, so anyway, <laughs> mid-season, mid and say the Hawks are like, you know, six, seven points out of a wild card spot, and he starts trading away, guys, don't get mad. No. That was the plan right. all along. Yes. This, this early season success is not going to change Kyle Davidson's plan one second. I mean, I, I agree, but I, I was talking with Phil Thompson last night uh, ahead of Luke Richardson uh, speaking to the media and I w we were talking, I was just like, what in what crazy scenario, what if you get to uh, late January into February and the team's in a playoff position? Like what if they sustain this, you know, just saying what message are you, are you sending the message of we are sticking to the plan of selling off as much as we can? Or if you're in a playoff spot and you start selling off all your parts to tank out of the playoff spot, what message does that send to, to, to players to be like, oh, well, all of, all of our hard work is being rewarded by dismantling it all as, as this roster has built something. You're right. That is I, I, just, I don't think it's going to be the case, but what if it does? And Ky is Kyle Davidson just going to up and be like, oh, sorry, guys. Sorry about your playoff uh, hopes. It's See tough. ya. I know it's tough, but you got to be heartless. And the way we have discussed this team is we look at this roster now and say, who on this team right now is going to be here when the Hawks are relevant again? I, I agree. You could tell me literally no one on the roster right now will be there when they're going to that, that could be true. Not a single player. Yeah. I hope Kurashev's here. I hope Lafferty's here. Whatever. If Patrick Kane wants to sign a new deal, cool. But there is a very realistic scenario that when the Hawks are ready to win again, not a single player from this roster is on the team. It's possible, yeah. Well, we've we've learned in, you know, uh, what is it, seven seven months, seven and a half months, Kyle Davidson got the job full-time, what, the day before our launch? So we kind of go yeah. hand in hand. Yeah. We've learned in the seven, seven months, Kyle Davidson will make those tough calls. Kyle Davidson yeah. will make the unpopular moves, glee gleefully make the unpopular <laughs> moves if it falls in line with his vision and his team. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a it's a crazy what if scenario. Chances are we don't have to worry about Probably it. But unlikely. what if? I still think he says, "I'm sorry. I told you guys. Hey, they, they would not have made this re rebuild, ready to work ad." 
with the poor man's Al Bundy <laughs> had they decided to be like, oh, never mind all that. The the rebuild's done. over. Yeah. 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 Use the done. word rebuild in their <laughs> yes. marketing. They're not going to just say, oh, yeah. well, we got a four-game winning streak in October. Let's trade well, for Austin Matthews. And if right, they do, right, right. it is a failure. Yes. You stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. And I think they will. Uh, they 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 know what they they gotten they they are they are they are built for the long big picture here, and a little early season success is not going to derail. No, I, Kyle Davidson, and even I if agree. they are eight four five points out of a playoff push come February, if you're they're still going to make those trades. If you're out of the playoff push, absolutely, you you sell out. Even if it's a point, you sell it down. I'm just I'm I'm just thinking about it's. February 10th and they're they're solidly in a wild card spot or something and then you say all right fire sale white Sox did it are you <laughs> I'm do. Just, I don't know maybe I'm just thinking too much from the organization I, standpoint I just don't know but who, I just think what who, to whom do you owe the loyalty fans People who are buying tickets. I mean, if you think about, the, they're going to come back when you're in the playoffs, no matter what. Sure, but think about what Patrick Kane said last night. He's like, he's saying like, we notice the em- the empty building, we notice the empty seats, and we're trying to get this in the locker room. They are trying to get this team to be exciting for fans to come back again and and make believers out of the city of Chicago. And if you completely unrealistic, but I'm just saying. If you are in February, you are in a playoff spot. You have this. You have the UC back to eighteen, nineteen thousand people. Things are going well for this season, and then you go, okay, well, that was fun. Everyone's gone. You you probably at that point, if you're coming from a playoff spot, let's say, you're not tanking down into into Bedard range. You're not even if you sell everything off. You, that's too much. That's too much space to to to, to make up. So do you just stick it to the fans and say, I know we said rebuild, but we're in a playoff spot. Well, we said rebuild, so everyone's gone anyways. And you and you tank it down. Like, do you... Do you it, is, it is... It's such a... It is very... It is a very mm. difficult pill to swallow. However, yeah. if you don't, you're walking away from how many assets that you would get for Kane, Taves, Athanasiu, uh, yeah, I know. I know. Domi. It, is, it would be negligent to do that. And the way you handle it is you say, look... We overachieved. That is a representation of our coach and what he's been able to implement. He gets the most out of these players. We cannot stray from our vision. We have done our analysis. We have deemed that as, as, as much better as this team's playing than we expected, we are still not good enough to win a Stanley Cup. We're not good enough to take down Colorado. They're not. No. There's no chance no, in hell. First Whatever round, a first-round exit does nothing for this it does team. Nothing. This it does nothing. It hurts them. It, hurt, it, it does. It, is, it would be negligent to do it. And I think March 4th or you know, 3.01 p.m. on March 3rd when the trade deadline passes, Kyle Davidson sits down and says, I know that was a tough pill to swallow for the players. I know it was a tough pill to swallow for the fans. But we need to look forward to the next, not just this year, not just next year, but the next decade. And the only way for us to get to the next Blackhawks dynasty is to do it this way. And, and I assure you that I'm doing everything I can to make that happen. And if I fail, I will be fired. But this was the best thing to do for the organization at this point. We have to be realistic about what this team really is. I went and talked to the players. I explained it to them. They were pissed. 
understandably. And the fact that they were pissed speaks to their character, right? Like, this is where the PR people come in right, right. and get the message across. But that's the message you send. And fans will be pissed. But like Greg said, as soon as they start looking a lot more like Colorado than like Nashville, people will, people will come back. People yeah. will forget. Here's the thing. If you, if you are in contention and you don't trade any of these guys away and you say, hey, we're going to go for that playoff run, you know who's right? All the people that said Kyle Davidson is he who shall not be named 2.0. Yeah. And I don't think Kyle Davidson is going to be that <laughs> way. Listen, it's a it's a very awesome, very like, un- thea- but it's also very unrealistic. Unrealistic, likely it's, unrealistic I, I, scenario. It is. No, it, it's a fun theoretical scenario that, you know, hard decisions. But that's why guys like Kyle Davidson make the, the big paychecks because they have to make those hard decisions. <laughs> and I promise you all that if that's the case and it happens, I'll be upset. <laughs> because I'll be like, damn it, they played so hard. Yeah. And I, I fell in love with this team. I promise you, the fan in me will definitely come out and be right. upset about it. Well, you know what <laughs> Design Love says? If the Hawks make the playoffs, I will buy Mario a new car. There you go. All right. Sweet. <laughs> I'll have no and beard. Suddenly. No, I will have my beard. You'll have your beard. But Mario will have a car. Yes. There you go. All right, All right. we're running late. So tell us about pins and aces well, yeah. and tell us about your cornhole. Golf. <laughs> Wow. Golf apparel from Pins and Aces. Get yourself some. Uh, It is a family-owned golf and apparel business. They are the official golf apparel partner of CHGO. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, even your favorite beer sleeve that uh, will hold up to seven of your favorite cold adult beverages. Uh, Keep them cold for your entire round, uh, which is perfect out there on the golf course in the warm weather. Uh, So if you're going down to Florida or Arizona for all the Midwest snowbirds. Uh, you're going to be looking good on the course with some pins and aces gear and keeping refreshed with that beer sleeve. Go to pinsandaces.com, type in the promo code CHGO, and you're going to get 15% off of your first order and get free shipping. Again, that's pinsandaces.com. You know it's not a hard pill to swallow? Flintstones chewable vitamins. Those Xanax. and some cornhole from Chi-Town Cornhole. I hope you're not. <laughs> I hope you're not eating that corn. <laughs> it's corn. Uh, Chi Town Custom Cornhole, the number one cornhole provider for Chicagoland, Illinois, since 2007. Their signature box style design can be digitally printed, covered in vinyl, and painted. Their cornhole bo- boards come with built-in drink holders, which is so awesome. Recessed in the back of the boards, LED lights that light up the hole in case you're having problems finding it, and exterior handles, easy for carrying, and also handcrafted scorekeepers. Little abacus thingy at the back, so you Great. don't even have to Perfect. remember numbers in your head because numbers are hard. The less math, the better. Absolutely, especially especially when you've got a beverage in your hand and you're throwing bags. Uh, Chi-Town Cornhole, they are veteran-owned and operated. They can ship anywhere and also offer local pickups for those in the Chicagoland area. They specialize in corporate designs for your company's next marketing or social event, wedding gifts, and gifts for all occasions, and especially for tailgaters and backyard barbecues. Speaking of tailgates, November 6th, Bears, Dolphins, Roosevelt, Michigan, 8 a.m. to 12 p.m. You know what's going to be there besides all your favorite CHGO personalities and a lot of great Bears fans? Beer. Our Chi-Town oh, yeah, Cornhole that, boxes that will be yeah, there. Right. You can mm-hmm. give them an old test drive before you buy them at the official CHGO tailgate November 6th before the Chicago versus Miami professional football <laughs> contest. You already said oh, Bears and Dolphins. I know. Well, you know. <laughs> Got to cover our ass. 
Exactly. So go check out their website, ShytownCornhole.com. Make sure you follow them on Instagram at Shytown Custom Cornhole Boards. And then also go over to AllCHGO.com and buy your tickets for that official CHGO tailgate on November 6th. It's going to be fun. All right. Be good. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. I see uh, nearly 100 people on the YouTube channel now, but somehow I don't see nearly 100 likes. Let's change that. If you're about to log off as we wrap things up, before you exit out, please hit that like button for us and make sure you subscribe to our CHGO Sports Tell your friends. YouTube channel. All right. Thanks to Lawrence for spinning the dials today. We are brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. For Greg and Mario, I'm Jay. We'll be back after Blackhawks and Oilers tomorrow night on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.